My fiance is doing business with my high school bully and I don't know what to do about it. My wife, her best friend and I went to high school together, but I ran in a very different social circle. They played sports and were decently well known and popular. I was really into art and computers. I was really chubby and I had an awkward haircut. We all went to a rather large high school, so it was more that I knew about them rather than knowing them personally. Becca, my wife, and Daria, her best friend, have been best friends since they were really young. They both moved into the same neighborhood in preschool and their parents are very close. In high school, there was this guy named Chris who would regularly bully me. There was a name that Chris and his friends called me based on a thing that happened my sophomore year. It was essentially a trap that Chris and his friends had set up so that I would be embarrassed and they could pretend I had done it to myself. I feel like I'm already doing a bad job hiding my identity, so let's just say that my name was Stinky. I hated it. They called me this all the time and made me the butt of many of their jokes. Chris was very popular and was friends with Becca and Daria in high school. Chris was good looking, wealthy, and he knew it. He walked around like he was untouchable. Insert all of the wealthy, athletic, good looking stereotypes that you want here. They pretty much all rang true with him. I hated him and hated any time that I had to be around him. I know that a lot of people face some really violent bullying, so I don't want to make it sound like I was physically tortured, but I did feel like I was relentlessly harassed. I was very thankful and excited to get out of my hometown and away from those people when I went to college. I don't know if it was growing up or growing into myself, the ability to reset my identity, or just getting away from bullies, but I really found myself in college. I'm still a bit of a nerd and artistic, but I grew into my body. I started making friends and realized that I had something to offer to the world. I rapidly became a lot more confident and comfortable socially. Becca and I ended up going to the same college a few hours away, but she didn't have a car. I offered her a ride home for Thanksgiving break, and it became a habit of riding together for breaks and chatting about life and school. We started to become friends, and our friend groups started to combine. In sophomore year, our talks became deeper and more personal. I realized I was into her on the way home for Christmas and asked her on a date over break. We've now been together almost seven years, engaged for the last year. We have a strong relationship. We communicate well, go on regular dates and trips, and have supported each other through numerous ups and downs. We have had our fights over the years and even did some counseling together for about a year. We've found those times to be challenging but helpful in the long run. I love this woman and am excited to get married and spend our lives together. Becca and her best friend Daria reconnected after college and now own a business together that plans events and helps connect people and businesses to local food, drinks, and experiences. Their business really took off in the year before COVID, and they've been slowly but steadily growing back as things have been opening up. They have started to enter into a number of exclusive contracts with event spaces and restaurants. In a market where things can turn ugly quickly, these deals are super important to them as they provide a lot of security for their company. Becca came home about two months ago, really excited about a new brewery exploring an exclusive deal. About a week later, the brewery signed and there was a dinner to celebrate. Becca asked if I wanted to come and meet the team from the brewery. She told me that I might have met the owner before, but I guess I didn't think to ask who it was because I didn't know who it was going into the dinner. If you're still with me, you can probably guess who the brewery owner is. I was sitting at the table with Becca, 
waiting for the rest of the group to arrive. When Chris came through the door, walked up to the table, greeted Becca, and then turned to me and said, Hi, Stinky. I was immediately confused and angry. She knew that I knew Chris, and she knew that he had harassed me throughout high school. She didn't mention at any point prior that he was the owner of the brewery and that she was working closely with him. I got through dinner, but on my way home, when I asked why she didn't tell me, she blew it off as though it was water under the bridge. That I had changed and I should understand that Chris has changed too. I was still upset, but tried to let bygones be bygones. Over the next couple of weeks, it was clear that Daria and Chris were becoming romantically involved with each other. Becca and I usually spend two to three nights a week with Daria, whether going out or simply watching TV at our house or at hers. We often joke that we're a trio, if you know what I mean. But to be clear, that is not the case, and what we have is strictly platonic. Over the last month or so, Chris started showing up to nights out and even came over one night to Daria's house when we were hanging out and watching TV. I've tried to be open to a new Chris, but he seems like he's the same overly macho, trying too hard to be the alpha jerk he was all those years ago. I tried to bring it up to Becca that the casual relationship between Daria and Chris is probably not good for their business. And while Becca agreed, she felt like she couldn't tell her friend to not date or sleep with somebody. Last week, Becca invited me along to an industry event. I got there to unfortunately find Chris is there as well. I try to be friendly and nice. We get a table for the four of us and have some drinks and food. At one point, the girls leave to network with a couple of potential clients. Out of nowhere, Chris starts talking about how this event might be a good place for him and Daria to find a woman to have a threesome with. Caught completely off guard, I ask him what he's talking about and he says that him and Daria want to have another trio and that I should know all about that. I was super confused and asked what he was talking about and he proceeds to tell me that him, Daria, and Becca had a trio relationship in high school, if you know what I mean, and that he figured that I was also having that type of a relationship with the two girls as well. I felt blindsided and didn't know what to say. When we got home, Becca already knew I was upset about something and asked me what was wrong. I told her about what Chris had said and she tried to deny it at first, but then told me that it was partially true. What Becca told me was that Daria and Chris were in a relationship for a bit at the end of senior year and right before college. Chris and Daria spent a few weeks talking with her about having a trio, if you know what I mean, but she was on the fence. At a party when everyone was tipsy, it was brought up again and she went and she did exactly what you're thinking. All of this was brand new news to me. In addition to not really coming into myself until college, I was a late bloomer in terms of relationships. Becca was my first everything. I knew and wasn't upset that she had had intimate relations before us, but we had never gone into when or who it was with. Becca keeps saying that I never asked and she never lied about all of this, but especially with doing business with Chris, it feels like lying by omission to me. I'm struggling with all of this. Chris did his best to make my life awful in high school and now is back. Almost every time I spent time with him, he seems to be belittling me, making fun of me. He even told Becca in front of me that she could do better than me and was dating down. It seems like this trio thing that's going on between Becca, Daria, and Chris is just one more thing he can hold over me. He's a snake and he always says the worst things to me when Becca and Daria are just out of earshot. 
shot. We've been arguing about this for about a week now. I asked Becca to cut all contact off with him last night. She told me I was being unreasonable. He's with her best friend and they all do business together. She keeps asking me why I can't move on and accept that Chris is a different person. I keep telling her he's the same and I can't for the life of me understand why she keeps defending him. Unfortunately, in my anger and frustration during the fight, I said something about her secretly wanting to be with Chris and Daria again. And that changed the fight and caused her to say that she will not continue to talk about it if I'm going to be unreasonable. We haven't talked since. I slept in our guest room last night. I guess what I'm asking is where do we even go from here? How can I fix this? This isn't just a breakup with her situation. I love Becca and we've built a life together. We have a strong, supportive relationship. We are planning a wedding in a future. How do we move past this? It sounds like to me, this is a lot less to do with the guy in this situation and a whole lot more to do with Becca. If she actually cared about her future husband, she would do what she can to make sure that this situation is in both of their best interests. It seems like this guy absolutely cannot get along with Chris because Chris is absolutely toxic. He's a snake. And it seems like she is taking business over her personal relationship. Chris was absolutely toxic and horrible to this guy in high school. And the fact that Becca is not acknowledging that and trying to claim that this guy is somehow different is really disturbing to me. If she really can't see why this is a problem for this guy, then maybe she's the one with the problem. The guy can't fix this situation, but Becca can. Becca needs to cut this guy off. This is a very clear line in the sand, especially if this guy is saying nasty stuff to this guy behind Daria and Becca's back. That's my take on it, but leave a comment down below. What would you do in this situation? Am I the jerk for feeling insecure and having doubts while dating a touring musician? I started dating my boyfriend in early 2021. He's a professional musician and has played and recorded with a number of relatively well-known bands. He's mainly a session musician, though he's also released some amazing solo stuff and has been playing with a particularly successful band for the past few years. He's honestly amazing and this is the healthiest and happiest relationship I've ever been in. We've met and are close with each other's families. We're very in love and we communicate very well on all things except this one concern I've had. He goes on tour a lot, usually internationally and typically for three to five weeks at a time. At the start of the relationship, he wasn't really touring because of COVID, but as things opened up, he started to play more shows. I've been to a few of his shows and seen what it's like after a concert. Lots of partying backstage and being surrounded by tons of really hot, really cool people. Festivals are even crazier. Tons of partying and hundreds of groupies backstage. I'm generally a confident person and I'm confident he loves me and thinks I'm wonderful. He conveys this frequently. He's also never given me a reason not to trust him. When he's on tour, we keep in touch and he texts me at least once a day. I know people who want to cheat on their partner will cheat regardless and the opposite should be true, but I still keep finding myself getting worried that the party environment, the frequent drinking, the occasional substance use, and the prevalence of groupies will eventually lead to temptation over time and drive him to resent me or even cheat eventually, especially as his career continues to grow and his lifestyle outpaces mine. I'm personally in a good job that I love, but I'll never make that kind of money. He also works closely with so many creative musicians, and a part of me worries he'll eventually decide he wants to be with someone who understands him on that level as well. I'm not a creative person, and I can't share that part with him. He's given me no reason at all to doubt him, and so far this relationship has been absolutely perfect. He's so caring and thoughtful, and I can't imagine anyone better to be with. I love that he's a musician, and it's amazing to see him flourish creatively. I wouldn't want 
want him to have any other job because this is such a big part of who he is. But a part of me has been growing anxious over all of the above that I've just explained. I also want kids in the future and I'm not getting any younger. So I worry about putting years into a relationship only to fall flat on my face in a few years time and have to start all over. I know one glaring question staring me in the face is the fact that, well, why have I not spoken with him about any of this? And the answer is I don't want to dump my insecurities on him or make him feel as though I'm anything but supportive of his work and his touring. I know these sorts of insecurities can erode a relationship and I also don't want him calling on tour because he feels like he has to or because he's worried about my insecurities. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him or taint the relationship with these concerns. How can I make this relationship work? Am I crazy to think things could work out in the long term? Are my fears unreasonable? What do I do? I personally think it's fantastic that these two are still in a relationship together. To be in the music industry means to be on the road constantly. And it sounds like this guy is in the thick of it. I think it's absolutely okay to talk about your feelings and talk about your concerns. It very well could be a thing that brings you both closer together. I think it's fair to bring up this kind of stuff as a potential problem, but at the end of the day, I think you're really just going to have to put a lot of trust into this boyfriend. He's obviously been loyal and faithful to you, and he's not done anything to make it seem like he's not going to be that coming home. And although the unknown is scary, I think with proper communication, they can both walk this together and still come out the other side as a loving couple. I ended up having to babysit a four-year-old I never met on a five and a half hour long flight, all because her parents were neglectful. This happened about 10 years ago. Back then, I had to travel for work every so often. The travel was always last minute, which meant I typically ended up in a middle seat. This particular flight was from Miami, Florida to Seattle, Washington. It's a long flight at about five and a half hours, but I was used to traveling a lot, so I always had things to keep me occupied. When I boarded the plane, I was seated towards the very back. In the window seat was an older woman. No one was in the aisle seat or in the other seats across the row. I got settled in and waited to see who would sit next to me on the aisle seat. After most of the plane was full, a family of four made their way down the aisle and set up next to me. It was a mom, a dad, a four-year-old girl, and a boy, probably around two or three. To my surprise, the parent and the boy sat the seats across and let the four-year-old sit next to me. This seemed like an odd arrangement to me, as my parents always boxed us in so we wouldn't bother other people. But I wasn't worried because the parents were two feet away. The plane eventually taxied and we took off. The young girl was very polite. We talked a little bit about how old she was and if she had ever flown before. It was around this time that I asked her what she was going to do on the flight since it was a long one. She just shrugged and said, I don't know. I then looked over to her parents, hoping they would pull out a book or something. Sadly, both parents and the little boy were fast asleep. As this was a business trip, I had planned to catch up on some work during the flight. We didn't have Wi-Fi on planes much back then, but I had things to write up and I had an offline copy of some emails I wanted to dig through. However, the little girl kept talking and asking if I had anything to do. Now, at this point, I could have put on some headphones and just ignored the little kid for the remainder of the flight. I know others would do the same. Actually, when the woman next to me heard the little girl had nothing to do, she wished me good luck and opened a book, proceeding to ignore me for the rest of the flight, which honestly, I do not blame her for. I know others would have ignored the kid too, but it wasn't her fault her parents didn't bother to have anything for her to do. I felt bad, so I started coming up with little things to keep her busy. I asked a flight attendant for a pen, explaining how the kid had nothing to do for the flight. They were kind enough to bring me a few pens. I then grabbed the airsick bags and showed the little girl how they could be puppets. I then asked her to create some characters out of these puppets so we could use them. That occupied her for a little bit. We then played with the puppets for a little bit. 
We look through the onboard magazine together and talk some. Around this time, the movie was about to be shown. Back then, we didn't have screens in the back of every seat. It was just one movie on one of those tiny TVs that hung over the overhead bins. And you use your headphones to listen. You could also buy headphones for about a dollar. I didn't care what the movie was, but I paid a dollar for the headphones and told the kid to enjoy. I'm pretty sure the movie was PG-13, but I didn't care. She watched the movie and I was able to get some work done. Around three and a half hours into the flight, they served a meal to everyone. This is when the parents finally woke up. Meanwhile, the TV that had shown the movie was now showing some TV shows and the kid kept watching. Eventually, we landed safe and sound in Seattle. Since we were in the back of the plane, we had to wait while everyone got off the plane. The people seated in front of me turned around and said to me, your daughter was so well behaved on the flight. You raised her right. I smiled and said, she was really well behaved, but she isn't my daughter. I've never met her before this flight. Her parents were over there. The people gave me a funny look and said, but we heard you were doing games with her. I know, I said. She didn't have anything to do. I kind of shrugged, indicating I knew how odd the situation was. Eventually, we were able to leave. The parents never thanked me. Instead, they simply asked the little girl if they had a good flight, and then they left. This is really odd to me because I can't imagine this happening 10 years ago. I've been on flights before and I can never imagine any parent willingly allowing their child to sit with an adult they've never met before, let alone let that adult play games with them. It sounds like to me that these parents that just fell asleep were not good parents and were in fact very neglectful. Good on the original poster for deciding to take the lead and entertain this child for five and a half hours. But overall, this is a really unfair situation and things certainly could have gone bad. Today, I messed up by ruining my sister's marriage over a prank. So this happened last night, but it's been less than 24 hours, so I think it still counts. Either way, I played a prank on my sister who was a new mom. My niece is two months old and I came by to help out around the house some. I ended up hanging out all day and long after her husband came home from work. The baby was sleeping in a back room, so my sister asked me to check on her. After confirming that my niece was deeply asleep, I saw a nearby baby doll and got a wicked idea. I wrapped it up in blankets and took it back with me, rocking it the whole way. When I got back, my brother-in-law was walking around the room in my direction. My sister was sitting on the couch. We locked eyes and I said, she's awake and... And then I dropped the doll. I was expecting my brother-in-law to look comical in a scramble to catch her, but nope. He instinctively shot out his foot like he was trying to catch a hacky sack and kicked the doll across the living room and into the windows that overlooked the backyard. My sister screamed and rushed to the doll while I laughed hysterically and my brother-in-law just stood there stunned. She cradled the doll, now realizing that it was a joke, but still she sobbed for a long time. She was so furious that she wouldn't speak to either of us. When she was able to talk, she fled to the back room and spent the night cuddling her daughter. I spent the rest of the night consoling her husband, who also thought it was pretty funny once the shock wore off. He was worried about my sister, but she wasn't letting either of us in, so there wasn't anything we could do about that. She did message me this morning saying that she is going to stay at our mom's until she cools down, but that I'm still not to go to her house for any reason. So yeah, she's still really upset at me for doing the prank in the first place. And now she doesn't think my brother-in-law has it in him to be a good father. Yeah, this is a really bad situation to be in. When it comes to people's kids, you don't mess with them. You can mess with just about anything else in a person's life besides their kids. And personally, I don't think the 
the father in this situation is a bad father. I think he was just thinking on instincts, and I don't think he was intentionally meaning to punt the baby across the room like it's a football. I think it's all just a misunderstanding, and the person who did this in the story 100% needs to apologize to his sister and do whatever she asks. You don't screw with other people's kids. It's not okay. I was caught by my boyfriend talking to another man at a bar who bought me a drink. After a hockey game, my boyfriend and I planned to walk to a casino to gamble. There was some commotion on the short walk from the game to the casino, so I started to have my second panic attack ever. So I went to the bathroom and told my boyfriend while he went to gamble. I was trying to keep my panic under wraps, so I didn't tell my boyfriend the reason. I stayed in the bathroom and cried a tear or two from being overwhelmed and being a little too panicked. Then I cleaned myself up and walked out. I don't know why I didn't just walk back to him, but I walked to a bar where an empty seat was. After a few minutes of not being served, this random man next to me called the bartender to ask for a drink for me. I initially politely declined and reached to grab my own card, but I had left it with my boyfriend so I wouldn't lose it. I was getting up to run and grab it from him while he was gambling. Then the man at the bar put his card down to pay for it. I drank the drink and we talked for a while. He was telling me about his girlfriend and I told him how I had to get back to my boyfriend who was gambling at the moment. According to my boyfriend who was watching for quite a while, I was at the bar chatting for 40 minutes and that the guy who had got me the drink had also touched my arm and leg. Then he took this hat off that I was wearing and put it on himself, which is when my boyfriend came in and snatched the hat off and put it back on me. He yelled at the guy, grabbed me and walked off. My boyfriend was very upset and while he was standing at the casino exit, he stood there and yelled at me. The security came up and told us to take it outside. We got an Uber to his house and I felt so bad. I ended up sleeping in the guest room and he was gone in the morning to go to the gym. I'm just reaching out here to get some perspective on how I should move forward because I'm lost and my boyfriend is heartbroken. What should I do? I mean, honestly, let's look at this from the boyfriend's perspective. His girlfriend runs off, goes to the bathroom supposedly, and then he ends up finding her sitting at a bar talking to another man for an extended period of time. And this other man is starting to get a little too touchy-feely with her, and she doesn't do anything about it. From his perspective, it probably looks like some pretty obvious flirting was happening, which is just not fair. He was expecting to have a fun night out with his girlfriend to go gambling or whatever it is. It literally could have been anything, but the principle is still the same. You were flirting with another guy at a bar, and you didn't do anything to make it clear that, no, I do not want to be around you. So yeah, he has every right to be upset, and you need to try and do everything you can to try and repair this relationship if you want it to work. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.